Welcome in to the Vestavia Hills City Schools podcast. I'm Whit McGee. And I'm Brooke Wedgworth. And uh, we're just laughing as we were uh, getting ready to start about what a great start we've had to the 2022-23 school year. <laughs> yes, the best institute ever. So um, we kicked things off earlier this week. We're recording uh, the first week of August 2022. We kicked things off. All of our faculty and staff came back uh, for their first day. And, and one of the things that we're required to do uh, is to have what is known as an institute for our faculty and staff. And so this is a big convocation where you've got every single employee in our district in the same room at the same time. So we're talking about almost a thousand people. And, you know, a lot of times in the past, there's been a variety of different ways uh, that this is done. And, and school systems, they'll do, you know, they'll have a, a motivational speaker that comes in. They'll have, a, um, you know, some sort of event, or I've seen uh, uh, people do skits and um, uh, video vignettes and things before to try to rally everybody back together, get them excited for the year. We did things a little bit different this time. We did. <laughs> it was It was the best. I, it, I thought it was pretty amazing, and um, we have got uh, our, our first guest for our first episode today is the superintendent of Vestavia Hills City Schools, Dr. Todd Freeman. Welcome in. Hey, thanks, Whit. Thanks, Brooke. And so this was a pep rally. That's right. That's right. We planned it for over a year. You remember we wanted to do this last year, and then we had to slow things down just a bit to start the school year off and went virtual again for a... Institute Day, but this year we were able to do it, and it was such a fun time, and I think really what brought it to life is the hundreds of kids we had in the room. We had our band and cheerleaders there, and made for such an exciting time, and our you know, our teachers had some competition, friendly competition with each other, which had some dramatic moments in it. Uh, it was really special to just look across the span of the uh, folks who were in the room and see how happy and uh, joyful they were, smiling, laughing. Uh, and spending time together. So it, it was absolutely, I thought, a great way just to start a new year. It had this very celebratory feel to it, and I think that's what people loved about it is that many times Institute, even though it may be positive or upbeat, it's still listening to someone speak, and it's a little more formal. And so I think our teachers really liked that it was. it was. It was happy, joyful, celebratory, they got to see everyone, talk to their friends they haven't seen in maybe a few months or even longer, and then really um, laugh together. They were able to do cheers together, enjoy the band, the cheerleaders, and then also, as Dr. Freeman said, compete in some friendly little races. So, you know, and, and I have to, to say, as we were working through the planning for all this and getting ready, there was a part of me. And I'm sad to admit this now, but there was a part of me that thought, man, oh, that this could really not go well. <laughs> you're, I, not, I, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a total yeah. flop. But I have to tell you, the atmosphere was unbelievable in there. The band, the cheerleaders, and the faculty and staff, and people just joyful. And I, I have to tell you... I saw some people that had tears in their eyes coming in because mm -hmm. this is the first time, if, if you're not familiar with this, this is the first time that all of our faculty and staff have been together for an institute in three years. And just the joy on people's faces. It was just like a high school pep rally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I will say I've been in 
professional development sessions and trainings and meetings since then. And that's just what people keep talking about. They And they say, can we do this every year for Institute? Can we please have a pep rally every year? Now, yeah. they did ask if we could maybe not do the sack race again, <laughs> although it was the most entertaining portion. So I thoroughly enjoyed it, but probably because I was a spectator and not competing. But... <laughs> They they loved it so much that they really want it to happen every year. Yeah, so, great. I don't think we could build uh, anything better on that one. I'd, I'd agree with them. It's well, so fun. And, you know, the thing about it is we also had a spirit stick competition, which right. was won by Vestavia Hills Elementary, Cahaba Heights. And everybody brought their A game to that, though. So, so I, I guarantee yeah. you some people are going to say, How, we got to win that spirit yes. stick next year. They yeah. are. So. <laughs> They're already planning for next year. Uh, are you how, serious? They are. Yeah. They've already devised plans for how they're going to win the spirit stick <laughs> next year. Great. And there may actually be a little plan in place to, um, I guess, what do you say, a, a heist or something to take the spirits. <laughs> oh my goodness. So watch yeah. out, watch out Lauren Dressback. Yeah. They're coming for you. That's right. Well, thinking about the new school year ahead, um, obviously the Institute pep rally, a real high point for everybody right off the bat. Y'all, what's something that you're really excited about for this coming year? Can you share what, anything that comes to mind as you think about that? Well, yes. I mean, there are a lot of things that come to my mind and some I'm sure that we'll talk about today, but uh, I feel a different sense of readiness and excitement this year than we've had. It's been a tough couple of years getting started and uh, we've all in our society and community faced those things, but there's a different vibe this year, uh, one of excitement and uh, making sure we're able to be more laser-like with just a focus on what we do in schools. That really excites me. I just saw the enthusiasm. Uh, in our staff the other day. And, and I think that's indicative of they're ready, you know, to make this one of those kind of years. I, I felt the same way too. Of course, as the curriculum director, I'm excited about some of the um, changes and some of the new, I guess, materials that we'll have this year, our new English language, language arts adoption and some great reading materials and things we have to really support our teachers in that. I've been in training with them over the summer and even this week. And and there's some excitement there too with them because we really haven't adopted anything mm-hmm. in 11 years. So I think they're excited about that too. Um, as a parent and um, probably a huge football fan, I'm excited about um, our new football coaches, some the excitement there that they're really building with the adults and the community and the kids. That's going to be cool to see. And um, the Jumbotron too. I, I'm really excited about that. So, and that's something we, I think we briefly touched on it in our podcast last year. Uh, but just the enhancements that we're making to really showcase athletics and then also arts and STEM and yes. um, so many other areas of things going on in the school. And I'm, I'm really excited to get out in the schools and capture a lot of that and share that with the community. And one big part of that this year is a plan that uh, folks in our community are going to be hearing about. Some have already heard about it. It's called One Rebel, One Future. Uh, and it's a, it's a pretty big endeavor, but exciting. And uh, Dr. Freeman, you're, you're the man with the plan. Yeah, so. well, <laughs> it has been a three-year effort and a lot of people in our community, in our schools, including students, well over 300 and probably many more that participated in just designing a future without limits in mind. And that's a really fun thing to be able to do. Uh, and and it, 
coalesced over the last few months into the idea that we're talking about now uh, that really is built on something that Coach Anderson uh, coined in a phrase several, many years ago uh, when he uh, challenged in our pet rallies uh, that the phrase he would say, when you play one rebel, and the students would say, you play us all. Mm -hmm. The idea of one rebel is unity, it's togetherness and oneness. And uh, that really has been our theme, the plumb line, so to speak, through our whole conversations this summer is oneness togetherness, that we do these things um, as a team. We accomplish much as a team and little when we're individuals. And so that's the vibe of One Rebel, One Future. And so the pet rally was somewhat of an, an intentional way to talk about uh, the vibrancy of a team and what can it accomplish when you see our cheerleaders and our band and our, our teams perform. And, and that's kind of what pet rally is all about. So we thought it would be a great launching point uh, for this conversation this year. And Brooke, you work with teams all day, every day in, in professional learning and, and all of the, the work that you do. And you're just talking about some of that. And, and it, that team mentality is to me, like what I've seen out in the schools, that's what really enables us to thrive as a school system and what enables our students to grow and thrive too. That's right. And I think Dr. Freeman really emphasized this with our new teachers and at Institute, but that point of working as a team each person has their part and their strengths and talents to contribute. The um, He emphasized with our new teachers, connecting. And so when you're connected together, there are so many great things that you can accomplish as a team, which will ultimately benefit our students. Mm-hmm. So that it is, it's key to so many of the things that we want to accomplish. So we are going over the course of this year, Brooke and I are going to meet with different folks on this podcast and unpack the different elements of the One Rebel, One Future plan. So be looking for a lot of content in that area. If you could um, give somebody just sort of an elevator pitch to the plan, Dr. Freeman, and I know you've already been doing that out Mm -hmm. in the community. Could you summarize sort of what people can expect when they hear about this and what's in it for them? Yeah, I, I sure can. When you get this down and reduce it to the most simple and important thing to say, is that what we're about in education is providing our students the opportunity to learn without limits. And where we see limitations, we want to do something about it. That is the enthusiasm of a community that supports education. We never seem to think that we've done enough, and that's a great motivation uh, to carry out a mission like that. One Rebel, One Future really visions uh, imagines that every single child, all 7,000, can make a connection with their unique gifts that they have, unique skills and abilities to something in the learning atmosphere, something in education that connects them. And if we can keep them connected, uh, then that gives them great launching points when they leave us because ultimately we're trying to prepare our kids for a future. And what One Rebel, One Future says is that we're not content with what we have now. We have great opportunities for our students. We want more because I would see it with as the inflection point we're in now. It's a call to action, I think, of our community to say, now's the time to really look at how we make sure that every child feels a connection to people and to purpose. And if you missed the July board meeting, I would encourage you to go back and watch that. Dr. Freeman did a great job on really elaborating on what One Rebel, One Future, what that plan can look like and all the aspects of it. And there's so many pieces, Mm -hmm. facilities, great plans for fine arts, 
athletics, and I'm most excited about some of the opportunities to come with STEM, especially for our elementary schools, what that could look like, what those facilities could look like. And again, as he said, that really could tap into some, some strengths that kids have or an area for them that they really want to explore when they start STEM in kindergarten. So who knows what they might do when they leave high school or even beyond. So I think that's one part of the program or the plan that I'm really excited about to see what that could look like along with the other aspects too. You know, what's interesting to me, Brooke, is um, I know you see a lot of the STEM work going on in the schools and trying to, to add that in the elementary grades. And this plan has a, has a, a part of that. Can you just share from what you've seen, and even as a former classroom teacher, just the value of those STEM opportunities? Because I, I know like what I've seen is sometimes what's really important is not so much the task at hand, but the opportunity that students have to collaborate and work as a team and succeed and fail as a group and learn from that. Are there some other things that you think of when you think about STEM in the elementary level? Absolutely. It's definitely more to me about the process. So you touched on some of that. It is about collaboration. So for kids learning to work with other people and how do you negotiate through that process, sometimes problem solving, as things don't always work as they should. And then as you mentioned, that opportunity to fail. So for STEM, I think for kids, they see it as, you know, an area where, okay, it's not, let's say math or reading where I'm going to receive a grade, or this is necessarily going to be reported on my report card. So this is an opportunity for me to explore, take risk, I might fail. And then again, I have to figure out why did it not work and do that problem solving piece. So if you missed, we did a great episode with Martha Martin back in, I don't know, sometime maybe in the winter, (laughs) but you could go back and listen to that episode because she is teaching that STEM class at Liberty Park Elementary and doing a great job with that. And she really explains that process in that episode. So if you're interested, that's a great starting point for learning more about STEM and those opportunities. Would you say, Dr. Freeman, that um, what was going on in that pilot class at Liberty Park Elementary was sort of an an inspiration for the expansion of STEM opportunities and then even some of the other specials uh, that we're looking at in the elementary grades. Yeah, we had an early conversation with some designers, I'll call them, about STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, and how to create a more cohesive K-12 continuum of learning in STEM. And one of the outcomes of that was, could we do a special in each of our elementary schools? And we're not in a position that we can do that now, but we did choose to pilot it. And the principal, Dr. Navinet, made some really key moves to allow us to do that without adding staffing, very creative ways. Uh, but it allows us to, quote unquote, pilot something and see how it works. Meanwhile, we're looking at that program. It's been a year in the making there. We'll, we'll use it and continue to develop STEM this year. So we say going into... Uh, a new plan where we can provide it in every school, that we've got a curriculum, we've got methodology uh, that's going to really be dynamic learning opportunities for for kids. And I will tell you something now, uh, I think we all recognize the potential it has in so many areas when kids leave us. And if you go in to look at the college majors our kids have at some of our local universities and states, you'd be surprised at how many of them are STEM-focused majors. 
So it spurs some thinking early on uh, to help us prepare them and open the doors uh, of knowledge for them. Well, and it's it's not just STEM too. I don't want to just just yep. park there because there's also an important uh, piece of this plan related to world languages That's right. in the elementary grades, to arts, and we we have a great emphasis on arts mm-hmm. already in the schools, but then expanding that, creating new opportunities there, um, and then athletics uh, all the way up yeah. to the high school level, and just the amazing things that could be done there. So I think a lot of people don't realize we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students that have found a place in one of our athletics programs is the place where they want to connect and where they want to work as a team and just how much growth goes on there and success that takes place on the field, then a whole lot of success that takes place off the field too. Well, and you want the vibe to be that uh, the plan is comprehensive and it reaches a lot of elements and really every child in ways. Languages, for example, uh, Brooke can tell you from her work with our students that are English learners that we have, uh, well, Brooke, tell me, what's it between 40 and 50 different languages yeah, spoken? just a little bit over 50 different languages represented in our school system. So that that causes us a great opportunity for appreciation of diversity. And now we can't use, while we may not be able to expose them to every language that's offered, imagine the ability in our schools in elementary grades to give them exposures to other languages and what that can mean functioning in a community that's very diverse and, in a, and of course, in a world that's very diverse, that's a great launching point. So you have that piece. And then, of course, you have uh, the importance, of, as you mentioned, of arts and athletics. And uh, look, I think they go hand in hand. I think they balance each other very well. And I think they complement academics. Uh, and, and listen, if you're talking about making connections with people, uh, those of us sitting at this table now have such a great appreciation for the art side because we're involved in it in some way. We were pro- y'all were probably involved in athletics in some sort of means along the way. So it touches so many of our kids, uh, and they have equal value uh, to this idea of creating connections with, with students. We are going to, again, we're going to unpack each of these areas of the plan on this podcast over the course of this year. So I hope you'll continue to join us. Um, and then there's also going to be a lot of other ways that you can get information. But I, I've been really encouraged so far in what we've shared up to this point about this One Rebel, One Future plan. I've been really encouraged at some of the feedback that, that we've been hearing. And one of the things that I've heard several times repeated from folks is when. It really is exciting to me because of the breadth of the whole plan and what what it means for all of our students. and But ultimately, you know, it's a, it's a decision that we'll make as a community if we want to support this. And I'm convinced that uh, our ability to do this together as a community can be transformative uh, to an already wonderful school system. Well, Dr. Freeman, thank you so much for joining us today. This is I'm, yeah. I'm excited about the year. I'm excited about the folks we're going to have on with us talking about this and just celebrating all of the good things are going to be happening. This is going to be a really good year, Brooke. It is. I'm excited to get this year going. Thanks for listening to the Vestavia Hills City Schools podcast. We'll talk to you again soon.